You're listening to the Guitar Heroes Podcast. Hello, and we're live. Episode we're live. number 22. Um, how are we all doing anyway? Before we get stuck into it, how's everyone hanging in there? Everyone ha- doing okay? We're doing okay, I think. Well, I am. Phil? No. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm serious, and it's not, and it's not all the drink. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I've, I've done me back in. Oh no! Oh, have you done that? What have you done? Yeah. Well, well, I, I don't know actually what I've done. I went to a chiropractor this afternoon, and apparently I've got a twisted pelvis. So, yeah. A twisted pelvis. How does yeah. one get a twisted pelvis? Dare well, I ask? I think it's it, it's all those weird positions I've been getting into urinate on my garden. <laughs> I think that's what I it was going to say. How, how is the ongoing feud with the neighbour's cat? Yeah, well, it's got a little bit more tricky now because it stays daylight for quite a while, so now the neighbours can see me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no, oh I've given dear. up to be honest. I've, I've just given up on that. I just, yeah, just do what you want. Although my hedgehog was the first time last night, um, I saw my hedgehog out again. So that's well, I say my hedgehog. It's not my hedgehog. It belongs to the. It belongs to nature. It belongs to. to be belongs to the world. <laughs> the planet but um it resides in my garden so i'm you know my edge of but i've said yeah. it before and i'll say it again we need to get back to gigging these are the <laughs> things that are occupied this is so it's so important i don't do. know if we i'm gonna go back to. gigging now to be honest i'm quite happy just sat sat there naked in my back garden <laughs> waiting for cats to pa- pass by so i can urinate on them and looking after the my hi- hedgehog highlight yeah. of my day today i went to the car wash that was fun. <laughs> did you take your oh, car good. or did you just go to watch yeah, other yeah. people's been washed? Oh. No, no, no. I did I did take the car and, and yeah, I, I enjoy Oh, what are you drinking, Phil? Is that some port? Same old, same old, yes, bottle of port. Does that help numb the pain, does it? Are you is it are you in pain, Phil, with the uh the twisted pelvis? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've been up since four thirty this morning. Uh, I, I, it's terrible. It's it's awful. I've never done it like it. So what can you do to help with that? Have you got Drink. The chiropractor giving you some exercise. Oh, he just re- recommends drinking strong port and just just drink, yeah, and until drink until you fall asleep, and then. But yeah, the problem is, I'm I'm waking up halfway through the night, going, I I hate this. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, well, rest mm. up, take it easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, you, I'm not one to tr- complain and moan, as you know. I'll soldier on. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what's that you got there? Um, just a lager this evening. I'm um, I'm getting ready for next week's opening of the pubs. I've actually got a, a proper pub pint glass tonight with a nice pint oh of nice. Doom Bar in there. Oh, it's ale, so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at man. that. Good it's man. Actually, uh, I I don't know whether I should say this, but this is actually a glass that I did steal from a pub. So many, many, many moons ago. Accidentally, That's okay. it's my my favourite <laughs> hot chocolate glass, you know, cup glass thing came mm. from somewhere. I won't. I won't. won't I won't mention. Where. I won't say the name. It rhymes with Horners. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went for a phase of collecting cups. I don't know. Everywhere I went, like um, if I'd visited uh, Wessex FM for a radio interview or something, I'd grab a Wessex FM cup. I'm yet to get a Story Guitar Heroes cup. Don't have one of those yet. Oh uh, yeah, we had a few problems with those. The we we, we only we only sort of did them um, as a just as a Christmas present, and um, you weren't here then, so yeah, we're we're, we're, a, we're a few we're um, we're a few we're a few redesigns out, I think actually, but uh, yeah, they're quite expensive to produce. The cups, do you know that? So no, no, not at all. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I didn't. 
Well, uh, it, well, maybe we should, uh, you know, give an advance warning to the listeners. If we're if we're not on the podcast next week, it's because the pubs have really gone very well. And <laughs> <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys like I? I didn't think I would be, but I'm. I am actually really excited about this because we're recording this today. Actually, by the time people listen to this, we would have passed the twelfth. So today is the sixth of April, but of course, mm-hmm. um, uh, on Monday the twelfth. That's when we're getting this big relaxing of everything. There's going to be non-essential retail and uh, pub gardens and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't think I'd be that bothered about it. But now it's like a week away. I'm I'm actually really excited. Not because I'm desperate to just go and drink, but just to go and have that, like, you know, that sense of normality. And just even if it is just sat in a garden, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a pint, a packet yeah. of crisps. And, oh, look, this looks like real life again. Yeah. I don't suppose uh, it's so going to be um, feel much different, is it? Because I mean, you're not allowed in the pubs yet, but I think this time of year, when everything starts getting a bit shinier outside and the nights are longer, you know, I think people are desperate to stand outside anyway, just to get that summer vibe yeah. in. So I don't think it's going to feel much different. Well, look yeah, at this. Really this is the first podcast we've recorded, yeah. and there's actually daylight behind me in the window. So yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to going shopping as well. It's probably one of the first times I'm actually looking forward to going buying some new clothes. You've done <laughs> enough shopping this year, Williams. You've bought a base. Don't do anything else. You you you, oh, you better that, handle it. Trust me, that that kind of shopping is fine with me anytime. But I've been wearing I've been wearing the same t-shirts for the last year, and I oh. We yeah, know the so stink. I was gonna. I was gonna <laughs> say now that we're uh, now that things are opening, it's probably good the shops are opening. I need to actually get some clothes. I can't go out naked anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, we're we're only dressed. W- we've just been dressed from the top half up for the last six months. Don't have. We? I don't know if any jeans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> any yeah. Sh- <laughs> and not even the top half. Sometimes, as you guys know. <laughs> well, no. Yes, we'll spare the list. Yeah, maybe we could. Uh, Thank God, maybe it's a podcast. Hey, cheers yeah, to well, that. <laughs> when, when all the pubs open, maybe we could have a get-together uh, a Weatherspoons or something and try to reignite those old feelings of being on the road. And Oh, we should do it. Uh, we should do it. Yeah, definitely. Should we, should we go out and have like a, you know, do all, the, get a all the parts of a gig day without the actual gig? So we'll, yeah. we'll meet up, we'll load the van, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll drive somewhere 100 miles away, uh, we'll go for a, a cheap meal in a Spoons uh, and then we'll just come home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be ill that night. Is oh, that okay. all right. If, if, Your back if, if will be I, playing up. My back will be playing up. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, be, be no good. Be, I mean, it seems like it sounds like we miss weather spoons, but the minute you're in there and you taste that microwave dross that they serve, you, you'll be like, oh no. I think I honestly think our first trip out and the listeners have probably fallen asleep. So uh, thanks for listening. You may as well tune out now. Just just switch it off. <laughs> It's just pointless because we're just having a me, me and the boys are having a good old jolly here. So yeah, you may as well just switch off and go listen to Gardener's World or something like we, that. We Why must not? Apologise. Eh? Yeah, but um, yeah, I, th- I think our outing should be at the Balti House. Our first, our first band outing should be definitely down the Balti House oh. when that's allowed to. That would not be a great call. Yeah, never mind this Weatherspoons nonsense. Let's go. I'm used to proper cooking now. Jay, Jay's like, yeah, you know, I get proper meals. Never, never mind this microwave ding stuff. It's uh, yeah, I'm not used to that anymore. I've gone up a class, boys. Yeah. yeah. So say we're at the Balti House. What are you going to order? What's <laughs> what's your curry of choice? <laughs> okay, I already. It's good. It's going to get really we gonna, boring. I thought we were going to move on. I thought that was enough yeah. of that. I'm going to order like a curry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Go on. Let's move on. People are intrigued on. now. All people right. are going. Come on, tell us. Tell us what you're going to have, Phil. What are you going to have? 
Okay, I'm going to have, um, it's the only place that does this one, but I'm going to have a vegetable Balti special masala, which you'll have to go to the Balti house in Weymouth to find out what that is. I'm going to have um, two chapatis with that. I'm going to have a uh, sag paneer. Um, and I'm going to have various bottles of Cobra. Mm. I think he's planned this in advance. You're ready, aren't you, Phil? I'm poised, <laughs> mate. I'm like a coil spring, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, Well, there we go. There we go. What are we talking about tonight besides curries oh, and Well, um, and I thought we could, um, as we're getting close to gigs potentially returning very soon, I thought we could talk about um, getting road ready gigs uh, maybe we could talk about um, how you guys maybe prepare for tours and gigs um, uh, your go-to guitars the ones that you're going to be kind of grabbing first for those gigs uh, what's in your survival kit you know just in case you know in desperate need of some little bits of tools and stuff um, and generally what you kind of enjoy most about being on the road mm. so okay um, it's not weather spoons as you, as you probably <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, so, so something a little bit educational, and maybe uh, maybe there's some aspiring musicians out there, old or young, yeah. and uh, or maybe just yeah, maybe it might be interesting for for other people. I, I see this is something that there's quite a lot of info out there, isn't there? But yeah. um, uh, the, I, the I opinions can um, be quite varied on all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think. especially. But I, I think now is it's very different now because we've had so long, so long off from gigging, like on over a year now. Mm. I think. Uh, getting ready to gig again now is it, very different as opposed to having a few weeks off. It's there's a lot more to kind of go through, a lot more to try and catch up on in terms of material uh, playing wise and um, but uh, but for me anyway, this this whole time I've I've been practicing the whole lockdown period anyway. Since since we went into lockdown, I've been practicing like every day. I've got like a maintenance routine that I do. Uh, just keeps me in shape, kind of keeps me at a certain level. So when we do return to gigs, I'm kind of ready. Um, but but it's a little different for me, I suppose, as opposed to you guys, because obviously I'm joining the show. Everything's new to me. Um, I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone. It's not like, you know, turning up to a wedding or, you know, turning up to a reading gig where you've just got the music in front of you. I've got to try and get used to all the changes between songs, different oh, use of guitars. Well, I'll stop you there, Chris. Before we get into that, go on then. You, you mentioned about this this routine why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing what what does your routine include what have you been doing uh, to stay in shape shall we say okay well basically it's um it, it's not a case of improving with my uh it's made more of like a, a maintenance thing so um it's not a case of improving but trying to just keep it a standard i was prior to the lockdown um mm. so um it's broken down it's an hour broken down into four sections First part is an, an generally a non-creative thing, something I can already do um, that I might just want to maybe get better at, but just try and maintain a certain level of. And that could just be fin finger independence exercise, running through scales, chords, just general fretboard knowledge, basically. Yeah. Uh, and and technique. Uh, the next part is getting creative as well, because I think uh, it you find times of frustration and just not being inspired. So I'll always try and find something new just to try and keep keep ideas fresh um and sometimes uh, a lot of it i will just stick on a record um, i think i mentioned this to you to you before lee but um i'll often put on a record something that i'm not familiar with mm. um something that i know maybe like a carrie underwood song like a you know a, a country pop track or something and uh, i'll try and audition for the song okay or yeah, try yeah. and audition for the b audition for the band 
And in that moment, I, I don't know the song. It's my first time playing through, and I'm going to try and learn as much as I can through it. And, um, yeah, just try and put me in an uncomfortable position. You know, generally like pre-gig nerves, that kind of thing. Yep. You know. And have um, you been doing this? Is this sort of a daily thing? Have you been trying to do this daily? Or every day. Every other day? Every day. Uh, every day. Every day. Okay. Um, if I'm out working, cause obviously I've had to find another job during this lockdown period. So if I get back in the evenings, I'll I'll do it then. Mm. But every day without fail, I'll, I'll do this. Yep. And it, it's only an hour. It doesn't take long to get through. And it's broken into four sections. So it doesn't get very monotonous or anything. I'm not there drilling scales for ages or anything, mm. you know, but I don't find that fun at all. No, um, I think that that kind of approach uh useful in in very very small doses, isn't it? But I, I've always yeah. found that 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 kills kills your inspiration uh, inspiration and um here's something interesting, right? This has just literally popped into my head uh from a conversation I was having in the week. So so I, I, it came from a podcast. That actually, it was an audio book that I was listening to. And it was, um, well, let me just explain it. Inspiration, motivation, action. Okay. So these are three, yeah. th three things. Uh, this is like a step-by-step -step process that most of us go through when we want to get something done. And that can be anything. It can be music-related, business-related, fitness-related, anything like that. But um, if the action is the thing that you want to do, we normally have to feel inspired uh, and therefore we feel motivated and then we do it. And there's a bit of a misconception that it just flows in that direction, I think. And uh, what this guy was presenting in this thing I was listening to, he was saying that it, it, it's not like that. It's not a three-stage process. It's actually a circle. What happens is all too often we wait around for the inspiration to strike or the motivation to strike. And that only happens a very small fraction of the time. He says, if you think of it like a circle and you realize that the action of doing in turn gives you inspiration and therefore motivation, you actually get more done. So on those days, which are probably more than often where you're not that inspired or you're not that motivated, yeah. uh, the simple act of just doing. So in this case, the simple act of like just picking up your guitar uh, or for me, it's been like just listening to some music in turn brings about the inspiration you suddenly feel that boost of motivation and before you know it you're off you're practicing you're learning new stuff but if you just kind of sat around and said oh, i don't really feel up for it today you know you won't get a lot Never done get is done. what he was no, saying no. No, I, there's a lot of truth in that i think and yeah you're right just just getting on with it and just trying to, to force sometimes you kind of have to force something to happen um, but it could just be like you kind of play a couple of notes and it's like, oh, that sounds cool. And then suddenly you're away. Mm. You know? Just, like just, the, show me just the simple thing of doing. Yeah. If you're not sure what you need to do or uh, where to start with it, just uh, in our case, just pick up your guitar and just do something. And mm. nine times out of ten, I think all of a sudden you will start to feel that inspiration, mm. that motivation. And before you know it, you might have been playing for an hour or two. Because if yeah. we just sit around, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we all have those days where it's like, oh, I'm not really up for playing today or I'm just not really into it. And if you kind of uh, wait around for that divine inspiration, I think uh, most of us will just spend, you know, most of our days yeah. just waiting. I think this is where like s stuff like the Helix comes into its own as well, because like you can, there's so many cool sounds in there. Like you just find something that's um, a little quirky and then I find like I'm away, I'll be there for hours just... I'll lose myself in like a particular sound and like some of those reverbs in the, the Helix are incredible. 
And like, I just find myself just getting really ambient and just playing a load of rubbish, but it keeps me inspired, you know. I've been learning some, uh, some work on some country licks that Phil's given me recently as well. Go on, give yeah. us that bend. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> should I play what it should? Phil's going like. to do it. Oh, go on. Go on. Watch me muck it up. I'm going to muck it up. You ready? So this is in reference to something that happened, what was it, a couple of episodes back? Yeah. And it was the yeah. one with that we did with Al, so go on, okay, Phil. Okay, here Oh, no, that's not it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do it again, do it again. Okay, so this is, this is, so you bend down and you pick one up, strings that is, and then another one is you bend up, you bend down, and then you bend down and up at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Sounds wicked, doesn't it? It's kind of like a... Like a lap steel, pedal steel type thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. So if you like, yeah. you know, if you're ending a song, see really. Obviously, don't play it with the trem that's um, <laughs> bends like that. The that's trem goes. <laughs> 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 you're better on a telly, not a strat. <laughs> yeah, on a telly. Yeah. But like, yeah. But those ideas are great. I've never played anything like that before. Like, it's definitely put me in a position like I'm like. I felt like a beginner you know, mm. with stuff like that, and it's great. I love that feeling, and uh, I'm quite obsessed as well when it comes to trying to learn and practice something. I, I just keep going until I, until I fail, and just just keep going until I get it right. Um, um, see, yeah, I don't know. Country players, the 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 hands are like octopus, aren't they? It's like you yeah. know, you watch people like Brent Mason, and you just think he must have about six fingers to do all mm. that. Mm. He's a great. I love Brent Mason. Just going back to what you were saying, Chris, about your your, your routines and stuff like that. Um, I think I'm kind of a little bit my my routine's a bit like Albert Lee's in that we don't have one. You know, when he get when he gets home, he, he tinkers on his cars and doesn't play till he goes out again. And I think I do I do exactly. This, not that I don't tinker on my car. I tinkle on the garden, but I don't tinkle on my car. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> he, he, I I kind of. I don't practice at all. I don't play at all. Um, um, I but there must have been a period mm? that, that you did. There must have been a period that you did because of the level of playing that you're at. You must have put the time Oh, in yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, now, yeah. well, for the last six years, um, since the show's been running, I haven't had time, you know. And I think the way I look at it is my, my, the, my, my routine is I look at it like um, almost uh, training for a fight. Or something like that, you know, or an athlete, you know. I don't think they're going full tilt all the time, but when they're getting close to the event, you know, the the their training routine sort of steps up, and you know, because they, they couldn't sustain it, could they, if they were doing that, you know, no twelve no. months a year? And I think I I kind of do the same thing. I because I'm so busy running the business side of it with Jay. Um, I look at it as right. We've got so many weeks to go now for the show. Now I'm going to get into into play mode. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm 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 lucky though. I don't do any other gigs. This is, the guitar show is my gig. I don't mm. you know I don't yeah. I don't have to learn other stuff. Um, I used to you know used to do all that and and I used to have to learn the set for other things that I was with. Uh, but as far as sitting down and, and having a routine and, and things like that, m- you know, maybe m- maybe I will at some point when I pull away from mm. the business side of it a bit, which I'm hoping to do this sh- this, sh- this year if we ever go back to work. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think I look at it like that. I look at it more of like, like you know, the last few weeks I'll train for an event. I think. Yeah. So I'll probably do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe then, Phil, you could, because um, I see there's two parts to preparing for a gig, whether it mm. be your first gig or whether it be, uh, you know, a sellout tour or or a wedding, mm. whatever it is. There's there's the the personal preparation and uh, sorry, the musical preparation. So obviously making sure you're up to speed on the music side of things. But then there's all of the other things, which, to be honest, is is m- probably the biggest category. Um, and Phil, you're someone who could probably speak to that side of it as well because mm. you are you are naturally very kind of organized and very prepared um with everything else you might have let's let's give some like really extreme examples but you might have like the typical muso who's like a fantastic player but mm. you know can't find his shoes in the morning and and, and doesn't know how to <laughs> you know where's the gig yeah, yeah, gets yeah. lost on the way to the gig turns up at the wrong yeah, yeah. venue so maybe you could talk about the preparation that you do on the other side because you've not only got yourself to organize but you've also got us lot to kind of look after and <laughs> and uh, you know the logistics of, of the gigging and all the equipment and everything so there must be a, a routine or a um a process that you go through on that side of things yeah yeah for sure um and and, and that that really is about preparation and giving yourself time to do it like you know the the, the reason why um we're so busy now is because we're preparing for the autumn tour <laughs> you know um and that's why, uh, I mean, obviously you can't help it when gear goes wrong. You know, nobody nobody takes dodgy gear out with them. But if it goes wrong on the night, there's nothing you can do about that, is there? That's just uh, yeah. something that happens. But you can b- you be as prepared as you can. Like, you know, we make sure that all the equipment's as good as it possibly can be. Um, and that's done months before you go out. Um, it, and the same with uh, routing of shows. I mean, th- we're routing shows now 12, 18 months in advance. You know, we're, we're yeah. you know, th- this year, this year's done. We're, we're looking at the end of 2022 now, mm. um, going into 2023. So it, it, it never stops. Um, the routing's a massive thing because, you know, it's hard being on the road. Um, and when you're, y- you know, say you, you, you finish in Lincoln, one night and then the next night you're in Aberdeen, that's not going to work, you know, because mm-hmm. all you're going to mm-hmm. do, you're going to have a tired crew, you're going to have a tired band and, and, and it's, you know, you're not going to give your best performance. So all that is is taken into consideration. You do get some some things that happen, you know, like it's the only night you can get in a theatre this year. So we've, sorry guys, we've got a f- six hour drive next day. Rarely that happens, but it does. Yeah. Um uh, all things like hotel. I mean, it's down to money as well. I mean, hotels. You know, I'm booking hotels. Well, I'm not at the minute because we <laughs> fingers crossed we're going back to work <laughs> in July. But you know, you just quite never know, do you? But um, you know, I mean, normally I, all the hotels would be booked for next year now, and yeah, that saves yeah. us a lot of money. Hmm. Um, you know, you you know, you know, you know, if you book a hotel for next week, you're going to be paying. I don't know, 100 quid a room, aren't you? Whereas if I mm. book the same hotel in 12 months' time, I'm going to be paying 40 quid a room. So, so I, I guess I guess the <coughs> lesson there would, would be to consider your logistics in advance. And uh, Again, that, that can be any... There's logistics involved in a pub gig in town. I, uh, that might sound <laughs> silly, but but there are. And, and there's logistics involved in a, in a national tour. Like, you just have to apply uh, the relevant degree of um, attention to it and... 
you know, get yeah. your band together, make sure people turn up on time and, and your routes are planned and you know all the timings. That that all that basic stuff is is I guess it's relevant at whatever level you're at. Yeah. And yeah. To be it makes a difference. It makes a difference because um I guess the ultimate goal is that everybody goes on stage as stress free as possible and the show is as good as it can be. Uh, and so and you like you said, that's that doesn't matter whether it's a pub, theatre or an yeah. arena. Exactly. It, it doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah, yeah, and I think we because I've been um, because I'm 108 years old. You know, I've, I've been <laughs> I've done a lot of stuff and been on every side of everything. You know, I've I've been crew. You know, I've I've had my guitar tuned and handed to me as well. Yeah. Um, so I've been on all side of it, and I know I know everybody's job roles, and I know what makes their job role easy. Um, yeah. I know what makes it. Well, no, no, it's not not easy. Sorry, wrong choice of words. I know what helps their day go better. Yeah. Um, and like you say, you can't help bad things that happen. You know, I'm, I, mean, I think we we, d we did a, a local gig a few years ago, and um, you know, between the band, I think we broke about fifteen strings on stage in two sets. You know, what I mean, it's like <laughs> things like that. You can't help about. You know, it, it, it just happens. But no. you know, the the things that you that you can put together. You know, like the routine, um, hotels, and and that's a big deal. Is that? hotels it's a big deal when when you're on the road i was on um i was in a show called circus of horrors um and that was a, that's a well-planned show but it's a very very hard work show i think um the most we did was 16 nights on the bounce and our day mm. off was a travel day and then another 16 nights on the bounce and it's it's hard work you know so the little things like where's my hotel tonight where am i going to eat dinner you know things that you don't really think about that you just think Oh, we'll go so and so. Or we'll just have this. What should we have this for dinner? What should we have for dinner? What should we go? Do? You know, and you have a bit of a. No, you need yeah. to know two days in advance because that becomes a big deal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess all elements of prep are there just to make uh, the the you know the job on the day as easy as it can be because we Absolutely. all know the real job yep. is that part on stage. Whether that is, again, like I say, whether that's a pub, whether that's a wedding, a party, a theatre. An arena. It's it's mm. all the same. I, everything is prepped to make that part, um, you know, the easiest as it can be. So maybe mm. maybe uh, we could we could get into um, uh, survival kits, and I want to know what's in the Walker <laughs> bag of. Tricks. Well, always always have spare underpants. That's that, that's always a given. You've got to have spare underpants everywhere. Oh, spare socks as well in case you walk in a puddle. You don't want to be walking around <laughs> wet feet all day. Exactly. Yeah, you you don't want that. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you drop your underpants in a puddle. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> survival kit. Uh, yeah. What, oh. what would what would you never, uh, you know, what would you never go to a gig without? Whether it be a pub guitar or besides a guitar. <laughs> what would it uh, spare strings? We're for all a start? we're all going back to this. I feel like we're all going back slightly feeling like noobs again. Like this is just going to be our. You know, there's a there's a degree of that. So I keep going through things like. I'm, I'm, am I forgetting things? So I think it's good to refresh on this stuff because I think it is I, gonna you know what weird. I think we're, we're we're building this up to be something a big, a lot bigger than it is. Within the first five songs of being on stage, it's a bit like we never left. I that's how it's hundred percent agree. I, I, it is all yeah. in our heads, but we've had a year to think about it, <laughs> <laughs> or, or more by the time yeah. we get to it. Okay, so I would say survival kit. Um, well, uh, I don't think this applies to the guitar show, but, um, you know, if you're just doing normal sort of gigging, take two guitars, <laughs> always take a backup guitar. That's your, 
you know, I was I was kind of half joking when I said your guitar, but always take a spare guitar with you, and and I never practice what I preach. If I do gigs with other people, I usually just take one guitar. I'm dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, I do do. I've, I, I usually take my number one Strat. Everybody knows that one, and it's got the um, it's got Fender '70s tuners on it. And as you know, you've got to cut those to length, slot them in the slot, and otherwise you'll be, you know, you'll be turning the key, won't you, for about. Do you three know, those weeks. are my favourite style of tuners because there is no <coughs> overhang. Like, like I've got those on yes, these. Yes, yeah, this, Sa- same telly. type of thing. They're, they're pretty much the same, aren't they? Just that yeah, from the front exactly, are the same, but the back they've obviously designed it slightly different. Yeah. Well, I find that way you <coughs> always get a consistent amount of string length, but also you don't get any overhang, which destroys the inside of your case if you've got yeah, a Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, what 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 I do because I only take this normally is um when I restring the guitar, I cut two strings for you know f- for each string and put one set on there and then wrap another wrap the string up and put it in a in a packet. And then if I break a string on stage, they're already cut to length and I can just change it straight away. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I wanted hey, to get into. These are the little water <laughs> hacks, life hacks. There's so, so I mean, Chris, you would have already spotted them around the stage but oh, when you were with Phil us Walker's life hacks Our stage legendary. is just filled with these little <laughs> nuggets of gold. Where you start, <laughs> Phil's just like, he's found some little, you know, it, it's sort of pirate teching, uh, isn't it? There's like Well, exactly. When I, when I was putting my Helix board <laughs> together, I've got two, I've got my Helix in my, a flight case and I've got the small board. Mm. First thing I did was like, Phil, what do I do with this? <laughs> Well, like your, thing your is pedal board <laughs> with the with the mic stand. So you you put a mic stand mount into the yeah. pedal board, so that yeah. the 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 mic stand collapses, goes into the lid of the flight case, closes up. Uh, mm. I mean that that was just like this is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's yeah. that's, that's purely because um, at the time I built that pedal board, it's quite a few years ago now. Um, I don't have it anymore, but um, I I was doing loads of different shows and. There's one thing I hate is different mic stands. It's uh, I mean, people will get to know me that I'm quite OCD. I, I've got to have it my way, or or it's you know I'm, I'm not happy. Mm. Um, I guess it's through years and years of cock-ups that you you realise that certain things work for you, you know, and, and that's yeah. an individual thing. Yeah. You know, what works for me might not work for you. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I like I like a certain mic stand, um. And I, I built one into my pedal board because I thought, well, whatever gig I'm on, I've got my own mic stand and I'm comfortable. I'm happy with it. And that's what being on stage is about. It's about being happy. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to um, be on stage and, and you know and see you know loads of loads oh. of miserable faces. They don't want that. You but know, the people are no, out this, to have a good time. They want to yeah, watch exactly. you having a good time. Yeah, but this ties into you being prepared for the gig mm. in advance. You know. Getting everything mm. organised. This is so crucial, I think. And it, like you said, Phil, it's individual for everyone. Yeah, everyone has their own little things that they do. I think. I think. I think my uh, my biggest. Uh, <laughs> this is really funny, and, I've, and I I had to use this. I'm thinking of doing it again next year. I don't know. We'll see. But um, what, what talk about being prepared? So I've got. Um, I had two wireless systems on my pedal board, um, and just really, really briefly, um, I used to have two straps. So um, system one on one strap, system two on another strap. Um, and um, a guitar tech at the time used to swap the strap over to whichever guitar was coming next, and we'd swap around and do it that way. And the Helix, uh, one one transmitter went into input, the other transmitter went into the second input for the guitar, and on the presets, it used to swap between them. So, I'd, so you know, there was no noisy changeovers or anything like that. 
And one night, the um, both transmitters shit out. And I was like, oh, no, this is dreadful. Um, so I just went to a cable, and the cable shit out. <laughs> oh, my so goodness. What I'd done, what I'd done, I'd programmed the Variax on a Variax cable. So whenever I'm changing all the sounds on, on, on the Helix, it's changing all the guitar sounds on the Variax. So say I was playing a Strat for Hendrix, the Variax was set to Strat. Say I was playing Les Paul, the Variax was set to Les Paul. And it was just sat on a stand there, just doing its thing, you know, just changing as I change it. So the cable went, and while um, while the guitar transmitters were being sorted out, I think it was just ca- it was just like a couple of cables. It's ironic that two cables had broken on that night on that night, and um, and while they were being sorted, I would just pick the Variax up, and so it was like I did need th- you know I had three backups or two backups that night, and and I needed them. It was bizarre, but it's so important though. But it makes you feel relaxed in your performance, reduces levels of anxiety. I was not relaxed at the time, Chris. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. So, so what about you guys then? Do you, do you guys have a have a survival kit? Do you have something in particular that makes you feel comfortable? I, like um, I do have one one particular thing, Phil. Yes. See, I went onto Amazon. I got really anal about this again, Lee. We had so much time. Obviously, you mentioned we had so much time to think about everything. Yep. So, um, so I was like, right, I'm going to get super organized for the first time. Like normally, everything's just chucked into a bag. I kind of know what everything I've got, but I thought I'd get really organized. I've got these uh, these cases of Amazon. It's three different sizes. They all go into my small pedalboard case. Phil loves a case. So Phil loves a bag. Oh, I was, I, I a sent <laughs> when I got this organized, I sent all these photos over to Phil. And it was like, uh, <laughs> right, Phil, like, you Phil, need to put take a picture a, take of this a load on your Instagram so that we can send the <laughs> listeners over there so they can see what we're talking about here. So in this small case, I've got um, one important thing. I got this from Phil. The makeup brush. Oh, bit of blusher. <laughs> uh, do you know? But it's absolutely brilliant because um, when you're going on stage, you don't want to have a dirty looking guitar. Mm-hmm. Like I got a m- nice microfiber uh, cloth to wipe my guitar down. Um, but this gets into all the uh, brush gets into all the little grooves, gets all the dust out, and also it's great for your pedals as well. Keeps your helix nice and clean, dust free. Yeah, yeah. And so do you know um, that's quite important because. Um, Obviously, if if the stages are big, it's more it's more difficult. But you do get um, you do get people coming up, um, you know, like pre-show and in the interval, taking photos of the guitars and taking photos of the pedal boards on stage if they can see them. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be you know you've got to be spick and span all the time, aren't you? Because you don't know where you're going to see I that picture. So. It might come up on somebody's Facebook. Look how disgusting this pedal board is. I don't you know. know. Don't I kind of like you. Uh, you've seen my pedal board. And you know, sometimes it gets a bit grubby, but I kind of like that. I love those pedal boards that look, you know, like like oh that's been on the road that that's well used phil's mm. pedal board it has it has toured the country up and down but it is pristine it looks brand new because <laughs> there's nothing better than seeing <laughs> phil a couple of hours before showtime on the stage in a in a theater on his own you just glance out and see phil on his hands and knees <laughs> dusting yeah. his pedal board with a makeup brush yeah it looks like you're dusting for prints <laughs> well do, do you know what but it, it, it's, it's genius like, man it's it's w- genius we, we, we had a guitar tech and, and like it's, i don't feel like i can ask him to do that i just feel like that is going to be taking the piss completely you know i'm going oh and um it's a bit like blue and m's isn't it it's part of your ritual we know we know it's part <laughs> of your ritual uh, well, I, I, in my, wait, in well, my mind, when we get back out there go on chris <laughs> 
I was going to say, Lee's gonna be, Lee and Al are going to be looking at me. <laughs> you and me can both down in front. <laughs> well, actually, I joke about this, but very often when I see Phil uh-huh. doing it, I say, oh, Phil, can you come and give mine a little dust? And he comes out. He likes to do it, so he comes over and gives <laughs> it. <laughs> you can imagine all three of us there just brushing our boards. <laughs> We do we do <laughs> get some people sometimes think we're absolutely insane, but they're on all fours, all fours there cleaning the pedal board. They say, you should see me mm. with my lawn. I get my toothbrush out and brush every blade of grass. No, this is this is rock and roll. This is the future of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> we should be kicking back with some beers backstage, but no, we're on stage dusting pedal boards. Yeah. So also, yeah. one extra one extra thing is great for any guitar player to carry is a drum key. You never know when that drummer in your band doesn't turn up with a drum key. The drums sound like, you know. That's their problem. Absolute garbage. And you go, (laughs) yeah, but you never know. And you become that guy. He's like, man, he is well prepared. And so I've got my capo. I love this on my electric guitar. This is a. um, Shub. It's a Shub. C1. It's the first one. Yeah, it's the first one they came up with. I think there's a new variation of this now, but. I'm holding a capo at the moment. How weird is that? We're all just holding capos. <laughs> I, think I use it like a stress reliever, <laughs> like this. Yeah, but these are brilliant. Honestly, I've used, I've had this for like over ten years. It's, it's never failed on me. Mm. I, I had used to have a Kaiser one, mm. you know, the like spring-loaded ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I find they give up over over a few years. Well, um, while we're on the subject, I'm plugging the Daddario spring-loaded capo. Had Ooh, it for years, okay. never, never let me down, and I like the spring spring-loaded. Uh, capos because you can move them one-handed so if you're sort of playing with capo you can slide slide you don't have to reach yeah, across yeah. and anyway i've got a dunlop spring-loaded one but have you seen those capos that have got a tuner built in no you, have you seen no. that they're, they're awesome not seen that they're, they're awesome i mean they might not work i don't know I've, I've never actually used one but yeah it's capos with a built-in tuner i think that's a really good idea that I suppose it that's makes sense, idea. doesn't it? Now that uh, yeah, I mean, does. clip-on tuner technology, pop that in a capo. Yeah. Or did I did um, I imagine that, and I've just like given a really really good <laughs> idea away? <laughs> I don't know. New from Walker Innovations. Does <laughs> <laughs> your capo go out of tune? Hey, try this. Yeah, write it, write it. <laughs> Phil, write it down in your quote book. Date it so it's your idea. Yeah. 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 Well, it's on this podcast, isn't it? What's the date of this podcast? Is it the sixth of April or something? So, yeah. so there you go. If any if anybody yeah. else is trying to do that, it was my idea. And send the royalties to Phil Walker at, at PayPal. PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> so next thing up in my bag is uh, a slide. Got to use this on. That what's looks the track in the show. Looks like a rock slide to me, Chris. Pink Floyd. Uh, this is a rock slide. I've got. Um, this is a brass one, heavy brass one, and uh, man, these are so comfortable. Yep. The rock slides, absolutely brilliant. I've got a glass one as well, but the only issue is. With that, I've got quickly changed in um, in a Pink Floyd number. After the slide, I've got to just drop the slide, and <laughs> using a glass one, I mean, it's just going to shatter everywhere, isn't it? Mm. So just the brass yeah. one's great. The only downside as well, it's quite heavy. It's gonna, everyone's gonna hear me drop that. So I need to come up with Tr- a solution. No, tr- trust me, Chris. The uh, level we play at, no one will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine, mate. I mean, li- li- Lee dropped a whole lighting rig, and no one heard it. <laughs> I'm moving up to a next size bag here, mate. Look at this. Oh, oh. next size bag. Strap in, folks. Is it bag? I've got my bag. So in here, 16. I've my shoring ears. Good old shores. Five three fives, I think they are. Um, my wireless pack. Oh, um, got my Helix USB stick. 
Oh, some ear plugins so when Phil's playing guitar, I can put those in. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> and uh, some spare nine volts. You'll need those in the hotel room, Chris. That's where it will come in more important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm snoring. Yeah. Chris, what's and that? Uh, what's that long pink cable. thing? <laughs> 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 well, I mean, let me just put the battery in it. One second. <laughs> That's what his nine volts are for. <laughs> <laughs> Transmitter don't take nine volts. So that's really <laughs> oh, this is all for this is all this is all for our. I've got his drum key and his pink thing. <laughs> not here for the hotel room, Chris. <laughs> not the stage. <laughs> oh shit! It's the wrong bag. Oh, do you remember? Al's the only drummer I've ever known to travel with bath salts. <laughs> so in Al's survival oh, yeah. kit, <laughs> yeah, know, he pulled out some bath salts, Himalayan oh, bath my salts. Oh, why didn't that come up when he was last on? I know, I know. Oh. Well, actually, on that on that point, my, my, I mean, I think you've covered, you know, the basic. Everybody knows the basics. If you're a guitar player, make sure you've got backups mm. of everything. Make sure you've got spare cables, spare strings. strings you know, there's enough yeah. of that information out there. But for me, equally as important uh, as as the actual, you know, the equipment side of things is like your personal preparation. And I think that's the one thing yeah. that I see most musicians. Uh, maybe if you're if you're new to gigging or new to you know you're, you're stepping up when i first got into going on the road as such and touring it's that side of it that becomes so important to the performance you know equally as important as a fresh set of strings and a good setup on your guitar is your headspace and your personal nutrition rest yeah. anything that you can do again it comes back to that idea of all of your preparation is to make your life on the day of the gig as easy as possible so that you go on stage yeah. Uh, in the best frame of mind, and so aside from all the gear that we've discussed, there's there's kind of like the creature comforts part of it as well. Um, yeah. You mean like Greg's? Well, that that is a key part of it. A Greg's <laughs> and a gin and tonic from uh, from Weatherspoons, but but no, like you know. So when I'm packing for the road, I'll be packing. I'll be thinking right. This is the stuff that is uh, is for the mm. stage, and you know, obviously pedal boards, guitars, that kind of thing, but. There are things that I will take to a venue, um, and I and I will now sort of take these to smaller gigs as well. So even if it's not like a tour, if I was doing a pub gig now, I would still approach it with the same mentality. In that I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, just basics, food and water, uh, towels yep. if it's going to be a sweaty gig. <coughs> um, if you've got some downtime, like think of something that you're going to want to do with that downtime. So if you've got the luxury of a, a chill out space, a band room, a dressing room, a van to hang out in, something to pass the time because most of the, you know, it, we, we play on stage for maybe an hour or two every day, but most of your day is literally passing the time. And you don't want to be bored and you don't want to be uninspired uh, when it comes to showtime. So uh, something to listen to music with. I like to listen to music before we go on stage so that you can kind of get your, sort yeah. of pump yourself up. You can't just go completely cold and go boom it's showtime here we go you know all those little things are the things that i think um i, I think you kind of have to do it to learn what's right for you but i think in the first instance are going to be overlooked because you're going to know right i need to take my best guitar i'm going to take my best pedals i'm going to take all of this it comes to gig day and you go oh no i'm stuck at some wedding venue in the middle of nowhere and i've got I've got no food <laughs> and I haven't got time to drive. So y we've all <coughs> been there. You've gone on stage and like 
timings have gone wrong and you're absolutely like famished, you know, and how that can affect your performance. You're exactly right there. I mean, normally it's, you know, when when we go on the road, you know, we could be on the road for a week, two, three weeks at a time with the show. Yeah. Um, You can't take three weeks worth of fresh food. You know, you'd just be on pot noodles for three weeks, wouldn't you? But if you are doing like the odd one or two gigs in a row, something like that, um, recently, well, sorry, recently, last year now, uh, I, I did some um, gigs with a friend of mine who does Warners um, with, a, with, a, with a tribute show. And they normally give you a good meal at Warners. You know, you can go have the carvery or if it's curry night or, or, or whatever it is, you know, you get to have a really good meal at Warners. But because of COVID, um, you know, you, the one trying to be as safe as they can and keep the dirty band out of the way. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I took, I, I've got my sandwich box. You like my sandwich box, Chris. It's got compartments in my sandwich box. It's oh. beautiful. You'd really like that. Yeah, yeah, you better put all your nine volts in different uh. compartments. It's amazing. Better than your sandwich <laughs> box, Phil, is, is mm. your under-the-seat compartment in the front of the van. And oh, I that's felt, brilliant. <laughs> I don't know how far we got into touring, and I hadn't noticed it. And then one day we're driving down the motorway, and Phil just <laughs> just clicks open the seat, <laughs> lifts it up, it's like, oh! <laughs> like gold light shining out from this like treasure trove of food <laughs> and drinks. <laughs> We're in the back, like, can we stop for a Greg's? It feels like, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> in the front, he's got. A, but it is. But those are the things. Let's face it, we're probably going to have the music down by that point. If you haven't got the music down by gig day, then, uh, you know, you're leaving Should it a little bit late. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, but it's, no. it's those yeah. things that I think. I think it's very easy to overlook how how much of a difference and how much of an impact that can make to your performance. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. I tell you what. Um, for most part, I, I, I can't remember where I got this from, but I take a tin of beans to uh, most gigs, and it's generally like Sainsbury's or as the Tesco's do a I'm tin. I'm glad he's sharing with you, like Lee. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> there's been so many times you turn up to a gig and there's no food. And you're in the middle of nowhere, especially if it's a wedding. You're in the middle of nowhere, nowhere to get any food. But mm. it's all right, because i got my tin of beans, and that will keep me going. Um, I have recently been on to um, using um, like, a sh- like a shake type of food from a company called Huel. Fuel with a H. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like a, a food supplement, but it's um, basically um, gives you everything that the body needs. It's all plant-based protein and uh, complex carbs and stuff. And... Uh, so I just need to yeah, say something. This podcast contains no paid promotion. <laughs> 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 but but when you're desperate for food, you know, a shake one of those shakes will give you like 400 calories, and it's all good food. At food least you know food is so important. It's so important. A, a gig is. day, a gi- unless the gig is five minutes from your house and it's a very casual thing, there's no way around it. A gig day is usually a very long day because mm. y- if if it's even if it's not a tour. Like sometimes, actually, when you're on on tour, it is slightly easier because once you get over that initial hump, you're kind of in the routine of things. But for me, like the one-off gigs, or if we if you have to travel a long way, let's face it, most gigs finish pretty late. Everybody goes home, and then you've still got the travel after it. it it's a long day, and it throws your personal kind of routine out the window. Yes, and you can't always eat at the most convenient times. You just hit the nail on the head there for me, Lee. Definitely. I mean, the hardest part of, of gigging for me is getting out of the house. 
You know, yeah. once w- once I'm out of the house, you, you get into the route and it's bang, you just slot into that routine, don't you? Yeah. But actually yeah. getting out. Do you know I've actually got a bag packed now? I could go do a gig tomorrow. I've got my uh, I've got my on the road bag constantly packed. Uh, I, I've, really? I have double of oh, everything. Oh, what's in it, Phil? Come on, what's in your what's in your bag? Oh, Chris, you don't want to go. Oh, into this that. could be a new don't section. Ask. What's in Phil's feels, bag? Feels like the gigging <laughs> equivalent. You sound like some sort of like undercover. You know, you're sort of like on call. <laughs> the government could call at any moment. You've got your go bag ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not double. I'm not double oh seven. I'm three three five. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah, uh, it's it's those things for me that have that they make all the difference. If you've got one gig, if yeah. you've got ten gigs, if you've got fifty gigs in a row. I mean, th- if you look at the extremes, you look at the big bands that we all aspire, you know, the, 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 the big work that we all aspire to, to get to, there's a reason that, uh, you know, Metallica goes on tour with such a big crew. It's not just because they can afford it. It's because they need to make their job as easy as possible because they're going on stage every night. And there's a reason for those little routines. And they're always the best bits for me when you watch the behind the scenes. Yeah, I, you know, you see the guitars and you see the equipment. I want to know about the catering and I want to know like every band member has their own little thing in the dressing room about Mm -hmm. what they need to do, their own process that they need Mm -hmm. to go through. And, Mm -hmm. and it's almost like they get quirkier and quirkier, the bigger the artist. And I don't necessarily think it's an ego thing. I think it's that they've spent enough time out there doing it to learn uh, like what they need to do. And they're also confident enough in themselves that they'll do it. I watched a, a video today that was it was really great. It was that I sent you guys the link. It's a, a series online that Brian Johnson from ACDC's been doing, mm. and he um, yes. he did a he did an interview like an hour long session with Dave Grohl, and it was great. And uh, and Dave was talking about this. He was saying about you know when he's when he's at the venue and when he's at a, a show, he, he's entirely in gig mode. He's entirely invested in just delivering the best show uh, he can give. And so he's learned over time that the most important thing, he's not backstage doing guitar warm-ups and stuff. He's not even doing, I don't. I think he said he's not even doing vocal warm-ups. The most important thing he's learned is that the band go on stage in the right headspace. So he mm-hmm. spends 20 minutes before every show hanging with the band, making sure everybody's in the same room and making sure they're laughing. And he says, we wait. Mm-hmm. We wait for that moment when we hit the biggest laugh and then we go out. And he's sort yeah. of, s- he's actually held up shows. He's, you know, 10 minutes to go. We're not quite there yet. Five minutes to go. Everybody's loosened up. A couple of drinks, laughing, making some gags, you know, taking the mick out of each other. Boom, there's a big laugh. Let's go. Showtime. And it, and that side of it is, um, you just wouldn't know that stuff, I don't think, until you've done it. Well, I think that's what we should do. Then when we go back on the road, we need to go to the green room and play Naked Leapfrog or something. <laughs> <laughs> We'd certainly be laughing. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think I think you're right, right on the point there. Being in a great headspace, I think, will deliver a great performance, won't it? You you d- you, um, you do your musical preparation in the the years, the months, the weeks, the days running up to the gig. On the day for me, right now, it's right all now. about headspace. All about headspace. Yeah. And if you're in a band, Good food. it needs to be a collective Good food headspace. And headspace. Yeah, mm. mate, I can't wait to get back on the road and uh, one of those Greg's jammy hearts. I love those. Those shortbread things with a jam, <laughs> jammy heart in the middle and a coffee. <laughs> so, so okay. So this is going to wrap up, isn't it, soon? And we're going. So the moral of the story: <laughs> stuff headspace. Just go to Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. You know, whatever. No, it Greg's means me good right headspace. <laughs> <laughs> nothing puts me in the right frame of mind like a steak slice. I tell you that. <laughs> um. <laughs>
I, really I, I can't help but come prepared with a couple of notes. I'm just going to read these off, right? I didn't know what to prepare for today, but I knew we were going to talk about gigging, touring, mm. that kind of stuff. So I went online and I thought, well, this is going to be a pretty conversational episode. I just Googled touring and there was a couple of interesting things I thought I'd throw out there, right? Do you know what the highest grossing tour of all time is? Uh, uh, would it be Iron Maidens? This is obviously um, up until COVID because there hasn't been anything for the last couple of years, but... Um, is it Iron Maidens tour? Yeah, this is 2019, but it, it, of all time, but as of 2019, the highest grossing tour. Do you know oh. what it is? Uh, I, I would have said Michael Jackson. Chris? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say the uh, the Iron Maiden one, you know, where they managed to do all the continents, and but I don't. I can't remember what year that was. I can't mm. imagine they made much money on that one, to be honest, Chris. Well, no, because uh, they 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 because obviously uh, Bruce Dickinson's a pilot, and they they reinforced uh, an aircraft, didn't they, to take everyone on one 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 plane, and apparently it was financially. Um, yeah, it was very lucrative. I think. So. Well, I don't know how I feel but about this. I, I suppose it's a it's a good thing in the sense that at least there's a guitar on the stage. But oh, I would Sheeran, I isn't it? My, my would next would have been Cheeky Girls. <laughs> I would much prefer that it was either Michael Jackson or Iron Maiden, but it was Ed Sheeran. So Ed Sheeran's Divide Tour uh, grossed $775 million. Just him, right? On st- Was it just him yeah. on stage yeah. with the loop pedal? Yeah. Oh, do I you know so. what? No, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Right. I'm, this podcast, we, it's, it's going to drag on a little bit, is this? But <laughs> oh, cue, no, here we go. cue the sodden music. Phil's <laughs> rent. Phil's rent. Right. Listen up. Anybody that Slate said Sheeran are going to have me to answer to. I tell you what, because love him, hate him, you know, I, I don't care what you feel about him personally, but that guy is a talent. He can write the songs. If you can stand, right, if you can stand on a stage by yourself, or say for a Glastonbury or, or, or the sellout arenas, or, sorry, stadiums that he does, I mean, there's over a million pounds worth of tickets in that venue, and it's reliant on one person. And he does all the looping himself. He, he he's, you know, It's not like he's singing to backing tracks or anything like that. All the noise literally comes from him. That's a pressure, is that? That's a pressure. You don't agree? Breathe, breathe, breathe. Lee likes the right. cheeky girls. No, no, no. Right. I, I'm torn. I'm torn. I, I, I think it's a good thing, mm. and I would never, I would never, I'd never want to um, prevent the guitar from being front and center and having more singer-songwriter, actual musician. Uh, Pop stars is a good thing because there's no denying Ed is a fantastic pop star mm. on that front. He can certainly sing, he can certainly play, and he can certainly write. But on the point of writing, I've just Googled who wrote Shape of You, which is, I think, one of his biggest, if not his biggest hit. And I've just got a list of about seven names that were involved in that. And it's a pretty simple song. This is my problem with, I think he's a great talent mm. that is now in the machine and, and is now what he maybe was in the first instance of a guy who was writing his material and being very like unique take, like, with the everything. Songs like A Team, which was great because it was just it was very unique, you know, very honest. Rick, I think. But Rick you're, Beato you're totally did right. a video on this the other day, and he was saying, "Why is it now that that all mainstream music sounds the same? Why does it all use the same chord structures? Why does it all use the same beats?" And I think he might have even used Ed Sheeran as an example. It's it's mm. because they're not written by they're not written in the same way that creative bands would get together and write and bounce off musicians. They're written in songwriting sessions. So 
2 o'clock uh, in Nashville on Wednesday. You've got a songwriting session. We need to get a hit, a hit out of this. We're going to bring in a team of seven people. We're going to we're gonna put it over mm, button, 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 a samba beat, and that's it. Here, someone in the corner scribbling that. You know, it's that kind of songwriting, which so, is like... So if, if, if you were Ed Sheeran, would you not do that? Uh, no, I, I honestly think that... Um, he he possibly still could be the artist to break away from that because let's face it, he's made enough money and he's got enough control and enough influence over the industry now. I think it's a shame when you see people who are obviously created as creative as him and and as talented as him um, losing their shine because they're falling into the machine. I think he I could, could be okay. someone that could break the mold for us. Well, I can think of two people. I'm not going to mention the names. Um, I can think of two people that um, uh, have, have stood on their, um, they call it laurels, they've, st- they've stood on their laurels. Yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah. th- they, they stuck to their guns and, um, the, the, you know, the record companies wanted them to be one thing and, and they've stuck to the guns and I do believe one's working in Tesco's now. <laughs> oh, no. um, which is nothing wrong with that, but when you set out to be a rock star, y- you know, y- you know, it, it's like, well... You know, if they and, and just think all the years down the line, if they had have just gone into the machine, they could have got themselves into a position where they can do what they like. You know, and that, so you're that, telling that me that Ed, Ed Sheeran, possibly the the biggest selling artist of of this time, mm-hmm. if he turned round and and wanted to, you know, go a different route, that he'd be be in Tesco within a few years. No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I, I was talking at the beginning of the career. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I, but that's I, what I mean. I think. I think now he's at the point, uh, any of these artists that are at the point that, you know, they're, they're just super stardom. I think they must have so much control now and, and like, any, you know, he's never going to be, he's never going to not the other be hand, selling out big venues. That super stardom comes with super pressure. So I mean, I mean, pressure that the likes of us will never understand. So if like he's uh, in the machine like where people are going to look after him, they're going to write his songs for him now, and they're just going to make it easy for Ed Sheeran to be Ed Sheeran, um, mm. uh, then, you know, maybe, m- m- I don't know, maybe mentally he doesn't have a choice. Maybe he feels mm. that he has to do that now. You know, because like I say, when there's millions of millions and millions of pounds worth of tickets all resting on your shoulders, that's a pressure. Yeah, $775 million in that tour. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. But okay, to contrast that, uh in terms of mileage, who is the artist that has toured the most? I thought you was gonna say, and who's the um the least grossing tour? That's easy, that story of guitar heroes. <laughs> 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 uh, so go on who do you think who's toured the furthest if you put their if you put them in a straight line who would have gone the furthest well as, as, it, as in physical miles of touring yeah yeah we're talking distance who's covered the most mileage is it of all time of all time uh, of all time uh, I, I am you know I have to the disclaimer here this is some fairly loose googling that has led me to this but it, it looked it sounds right it sounds believable so we'll go I would it. Probably say the Rolling Stones. It's a very good guess. Well, and I think they were in the top ten. What about um, Michael Jackson? Also I don't feel you mentioned him earlier, mm, but mm. obviously, worldwide superstar, isn't he? No. Well, uh, we're not right, are we? I can tell by Lee's face. <laughs> <laughs> Our survey says. <laughs> 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 Actually, the two the, the two names on the top of the list, number one and number two, were both DJs. But this is not a DJ podcast. And I, d- 
I don't I don't know who they are. I don't know their names. So uh, number three and the first musician musician was Bob Dylan. I was going to say him. I was now, really, I now was. Now he has oh. he has got the benefit of time because he has been doing this since 1959. So it's he nearly as long as me, isn't it? <laughs> a slight <laughs> advantage, but this this particular website uh, uh, that I found it says that Bob Dylan has toured a total of one million three hundred and eighty nine thousand three hundred seventy four miles, which is the equivalent of fifty five point eight times round the Earth. And coming closely <laughs> behind him is Metallica, with fifty two point five times round the Earth. So. I suppose if you think about it, Metallica's in the lead because Bob Dylan's been going a lot longer than Metallica. Well, I thought that. I thought that. So, yeah, mm. you look at it that way. Mm. Absolutely. So when Bob Dylan pegs it, Metallica will be there, won't they? You know, can, can, can we wrap up on something? Can, can yeah. we? Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, can we yeah. wrap up? On, um, uh, Lee's going to do the socials, okay? I don't, I don't want to talk about it now, all right? But Lee's going to do the socials. Um, I want everybody to post a picture on their Instagram, on their personal Instagram, uh, not the guitar show one, but their personal one, um, of, of one guitar and one piece of equipment, you know, like amp or pedal board that they would take on a gig with them. Just on a just on a normal type gig, you, you can one guitar and like one pedal board or amp type thing. Post post a picture for next um, for when it goes out next Monday night or Tuesday morning. Okay, oh. okay, yeah, that sounds doable. Cool. I think it's going to be surprising to see how similar our three pictures are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can probably. pretty much guess the equipment we're all going to post. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, did you have anything to add? Uh, no, to be honest, I mean, this is something we can definitely continue talking about because obviously when we get back out gigging, uh, there'll be some things to add, I'm sure. But, um, you mean what went wrong? Yeah, th <laughs> yeah what went wrong? <laughs> we weren't as prepared as we thought. <laughs> Christy did more than one, one, <laughs> one makeup brush. <laughs> Well, uh, to find us on social media, you can head over to Instagram and search for Phil Walker Guitar, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Troy Guitar. On Facebook, it's Phil Walker Guitarist, Lee Williams Guitarist, and Chris Anthony Guitar. You can search Story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, there's a website, www.storyofguitarheroes.com. If you want to check out some videos, see some behind-the-scenes, guitar demos, and all that stuff, head over to YouTube and search for Phil Walker Guitarist. Lovely. Well, lovely to chat, guys. and. I'm sure I'll see you next week. See you next Being week in the pub. Yeah. In the pub, in the Weatherspoons for breakfast. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Still be there at breakfast. Cheerio, chaps. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs>